the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Business talk during the day. Then we kick back and relax in the evenings. The Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi says a group of 20 has agreed to make the African Union a permanent member. Many of the clubs set up in the post-war era were very Western in their focus, throws out vast swathes of the world that are becoming increasingly economically and politically significant. And what we've seen with the rise of the BRICS countries, Brazil and Russia and India and China and South Africa, and now the G20 and the addition of the African Union, it is a beginning of or a continuation of a remolding of these blocks or collections, these loose agglomerations of countries, uh, as the world constantly changes before our eyes. That is the BBC's Chris Mason reporting. President Biden and his allies are expected to outline plans at the G20 summit for a rail and shipping corridor connecting India with the Middle East and eventually Europe. This is SRN News. Have you filed for disability benefits but were denied by the Social Security Administration? Or do you need to apply and are overwhelmed with paperwork? Are you between the ages of 50 and 63 and can no longer work because of an illness or injury? Thousands of hardworking Americans are in your situation. They file for disability benefits and are unnecessarily denied their much-needed benefit check. Call now for a no-obligation, free evaluation. We can help you nearly double your chances of approval and get your benefit checks faster. We understand the physical, emotional, and financial impact. We'll share our insider expertise and help you get your disability claim filed and paid immediately. There is a time limit to apply, so call right now. Operators are standing by to help you. 800-296-1553. 800-296-1553. That's 800-296-1553. All of us love sports, but not all sports are created equal. College sports have big budgets, dedicated alumni networks, and corporate sponsorships. Professional sports have even deeper pockets. Millionaire owners, lucrative TV and radio deals, and merchandise sales. High school sports have you. Everyone agrees high school sports give us plenty of reasons to cheer. And now's a great time for us to give back. Supporting your hometown high school won't cost you much. But it will go a long way to ensuring the games we love the most are here to stay. Minnesota High School Sports. They're good for our kids, good for our community, and best of all, they're good for you. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Portions of the following program may have been pre-recorded. Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. 
The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. Let's just say I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. It's the King Banyan Show, your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. The process of getting inflation back down to 2% has a long way to go and is likely to be bumpy. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. If you're going to fix complicated problems, you have to learn how to fix problems first. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Biz 1440, second hour of today's program, uh, and glad to be with you here. Uh, we'll go. Let's go back to uh, sort of our normal uh, type of uh, uh, discussion. Early in the week, um, I started watching. If you if you go back and listen to last week's show. We did the jobs report. We did the income and consumption report. Um, Anyway, we took a bunch of reports, and we used that to sort of think forward about what might happen when the Federal Reserve does meet, not this coming week, but the week afterward. I will not be – they are now in their quiet period uh, as of Monday on the 11th. Um, they will have to, they will observe radio silence. And there's, and so I wanted to see who wanted to get on tape, who wanted to get on to talk about what they're seeing. And there was not too much out there. I listened a little bit to a couple former Fed governors. Uh, John Williams was on CNBC, um, the, um, uh, the National Association of Business Economists had a long-form interview with uh, former uh, former President Jim Bullard, who's now at Purdue as the business dean. Um, and I, um, but it didn't really take too much to figure out which way the wind was blowing. Christopher Waller, who's a governor at the Federal Reserve, and used to be the research director for the St. Louis Fed when Bullard was the president and, in fact, had come up. Bullard was the research director before, before becoming the president. Waller was, was, was uh, giving a talk, as I recall, um, and I should go back and make sure I've got this right. Hang on just a second. Make sure I've got this. Uh, yeah, no, this was actually on CNBC. Uh, he was on and had... and. And this would have been back on Tuesday, had a lot to say in the interview. But what I think got everybody right, we're coming right out of the Labor Day holiday. So it's Tuesday on a short work week. And here comes Chris Waller on CNBC on morning on 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 morning on morning squawk and has this to say. Let's play cut one. Yeah, that was a hell of a good week of data we got last week. Uh, and the key thing out of it is it's going to allow us to uh, proceed carefully, as Chair Powell said at Jackson Hole. Uh, there's nothing that is saying we need to do anything imminent anytime soon, so we can just sit there, wait for the data, see if things continue. Uh, the biggest thing is just inflation. We got two good reports in a row. can wait and see what a third one looks like and see whether this low inflation is a trend or it was just an, uh, an outlier or a fluke. Now, I have to work from the assumption that the CPI report, which is still coming out this week, 
We know that's not the preferred measure for the Fed, but they will have some look at August inflation that's still to come during this quiet period where you won't see them going to a microphone to react to it. Oh, well, that number was higher or lower. But as long as that number is not above on the monthly basis of 0.3%, 0.3 would give you a little bit of heartburn, but not enough, I think, to change the general trend. But anything at 0.2 or 0.3 just fits the general pattern of what's been happening with prices over this period. Now, we know that oil prices are going to go up, and that's going to cause a little bit of a problem for them over the next few next few cycles, the next few FOMC meetings. But Waller goes on at the on CNBC on Tuesday. Let's play this cut two. I mean, we have to wait and see if this inflation trend is continuing. We've been burned twice before. In 2021, we saw it coming down, and then it shot up. The end of 2022, we saw it coming down. That all got revised away. So I want to be very careful about saying we've kind of done the job in inflation until we see a couple of months continuing along this trajectory before I say we're done doing anything. But markets have now put more than a 90% probability on the fact that the Fed 10 days from now will not change uh, the Fed funds rate. The betting is now a little bit closer to um, to almost two to one against them raising even in November. I d- really don't think that's the right place to be. I still see one more rate hike coming. I'll play you some, I'll play you some audio toward that end as well in a little while, but uh but you'll notice Waller saying, and I think this is important, and it gets to something that um, also Don, the same guy that got us down the road of talking about Kopi Luwak, also has been saying to us repeatedly as they keep revising the data, the data keeps being revised in a way that is not favorable, makes the initial number look better than it is. We've had that happen not just in terms of unemployment, but it's also happened in terms of inflation. I'm going to defend them and also say we probably overstate our confidence in terms of our ability to make seasonal adjustments. Lot, the seasonal adjustment process relies on you taking historical patterns of seasonal fluctuations that you can tease out using statistics from a time series. When I say time series, I just mean some measurement that I take periodically right i'm measuring the change in prices that happened in a month and that actually means in means just like with unemployment it means within one week within a month i'm trying to measure a price for a good and compare it to that that same week or day it's typically not day it's a week in the previous month right those relationships Right, Those variations have a couple components to them. There's a long-run trend that you have to recognize and just sort of say that long-run trend needs to be corrected out. Then you can take which month of the year it is, which week it is, which week of the month, which week of the year. You can correct for holidays. All of this work gets done, and that is a, a... process that we have developed around the world and really started to think about it more systemically 
since World War II, since we sort of made a commitment to collecting economic data in a more systemic way and been promoted by both private organizations and by the federal, and by the federal government here in the U.S., uh, even by international organizations like the IMF and the World Bank. There's a okay. So let me so let me let me stop with that. What they do though is they're looking at what does an average February look like relative to the average of the other eleven months, and they'll when they say it's seasonally adjusted, they're moving that around to fix that. So you can get errors that come from differences in seasonality. You can get errors that come from the fact that on the reference week, the sample week in which you're trying to measure prices, the person who went out, the field economist that was to go out and pick up what the price of a of a 36-inch leather belt at Walmart was, couldn't get to Walmart that week for whatever reason. So they left it out and just went back and got the data later uh, or, or something to that effect. So data revi- there are lots of ways in which the data get revised. And there's a pattern for doing that. What we've noticed recently and what makes things more interesting and can, is, I think, causing some of the more recent larger revisions, I think it's partly covid and it's partly the fact that we've adjusted to trying to do adjustments to the data more frequently than we did before. The administrative data we use to correct, for example, the jobs report, we used to do that once a year. Now we're doing it four times a year. The data we use to adjust CPI is being updated more frequently. There's lots of things that are happening in there. But... To back to Waller's point, we've had adjustments to the data that have made us look at the initial report, which said, hey, inflation's cooling off, and then said, oh, not so much. It really isn't, it really isn't uh, cooling all that much. Let's continue. This is, this is Chris Waller on Tuesday on CNBC, cut three. I mean, I don't think one more hike would necessarily throw the economy into a recession if we did feel we needed to do one. Um, But at the same time, like I said, the job market is still pretty strong. I mean, these numbers are still near historic lows at 3.8% unemployment. So Waller is saying maybe we need one more, and I think that that needs to be recognized. And I do expect that when the – and we won't talk again – after this hour, we will not talk again until after uh, Chair Powell has his next FOMC press conference where we think they're going to pause. But he's going to need to signal something like the hawkish pause they signaled back in back in uh, back in uh, uh, June. They're going to have to come out and say, yeah, we're, we're skipping this meeting, but next meeting is live. We might and we're biased toward raising again. And. So I you know so what he's what you're hearing is first of all we're, Governor Waller is saying we're being cautious on the data because sometimes it gets revised one more rate hike probably wouldn't throw us into a recession we'd be surprised if it did which is to me it also says somewhat 
Well, if we're going to get a recession, it's probably the first 500 basis points of, of, of rate hike. It's not going to be this last 25, which strikes me as being probably true and and also kind of whistling past the graveyard if it turns out there is a recession that comes before the end of the year. Let's play one. Let's play one more cut. This is Christopher Waller on Tuesday on CNBC. He's the go- he's a governor, one of the seven governors at the Federal Reserve. Cut four. Well, this is a, a tricky problem because there's never a, an exact number on when the lags tend to hit. And I think, as I gave a speech back in uh, July, that um, I think the lags are shorter. They're still there, but they're not like we don't have to wait two years for this stuff to start impacting on the economy. And we're seeing it now, as far as I'm concerned. You're starting to see the economy slow down. We're seeing inflation coming down. And it's really been just a little over a year that we've done a lot of large hikes. So I think we're already seeing the impact. The other thing that I people seem to have this idea that long and variable lags means there's this cliff effect, what I call the wily coyote moment where the economy is going long and then it just collapses. <laughs> That's not how these typical lags, yeah. you know, they start having an effect, they build up, and then they eventually fade away. There's none of this cliff effect that everybody keeps talking about. And I think that I, I think that's a pretty pretty important point. If we haven't really collapsed the economy into a recession, I mean, I we study these lag structures, and, and Waller's referring to research that I know he participated in at the St. Louis Fed back in his time as the research director. And, and yes, the, any single rate hike has sort of a peak and a, and a trough that kind of come on. But what they don't really able – what we can't really say with clarity is that when you do a series of rate hikes that are this unprecedented size of 75, 75, 75, 50, right, each of them has a little kick. And – you're, you're extrapolating what's going to happen in the economy from data, historical data they're using that never experienced what this is. And so you can't do the, well, this is what happened last time, so that's what's going to happen this time too. Because there was no last time. This is truly unprecedented. Let's take a break. We'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. It's a beautiful morning. I think I'll go outside for a while. From South St. Paul to Southeast Asia, and Little Canada to regular sized Canada, we're where you are. Listen to the Biz 1440 anytime, anywhere at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. When you take the time to really get to know your body, you find that the root causes of its aches and pains are usually simple. The older we get, the more exercise we undertake, and the more injuries we sustain, the more inflammation our bodies suffer from. It's so simple. And my answer to that pain is Relief Factor, which I discovered years ago and take every single day to great effect. It helps the body to fight off inflammation, and I've never found anything that worked better in my life 
life. I can't recommend it enough. 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it works for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. relieffactor.com. AM Radio provides always-on news, sports, talk, traffic, and weather reports. It also delivers vital emergency information when your community needs it most. A new bill in Congress would ensure AM Radio stays in your car because when cell and internet services are down, this free emergency service is critical. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress to support the AM Radio for every vehicle act. Message and data rates may apply. You may receive up to four messages a month, and you may text stop to stop. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. For 30 years, Robbinsdale Women's Center, known as RWC, is the first step for women facing unplanned or unwanted pregnancies. The majority of women they serve are seeking or considering abortion, but through their free services, including an ultrasound and parenting program, women are empowered to choose life for their babies. Last year, 279 moms gave life to their babies thanks to support they received from Robbinsdale Women's Center. That's 279 children born, enough to fill nearly six school buses. You can make a huge difference in these women's lives by giving to RWC. Your gift will bring hope and life. Robbinsdale Women's Center needs your help so more women can have the opportunity and support to choose life. For more information on RWC's life-affirming work or to donate, go to rwcinfo.org. rwcinfo.org. Robbinsdale Women's Center. Saving lives. Changing lives since 1992. Make a difference today at rwcinfo.org. That's rwcinfo.org. If you're like most Commerce Water customers, a wet technology softener will save you 700 gallons of water and 300 pounds of salt each year. Get $400 for your old water softener, and Commerce will even haul it away. Call Commerce Water, commerce.com. Think about it. Spencer takes requests. I just happened to see this uh, pop up on someone's uh, Twitter feed uh, in, in YouTube, in a YouTube hit. Uh, that's Bob Dylan along with Tom Petty uh, from 1986, uh, When the Night Comes Falling from the Sky. It's a great song. Just fantastic. You should you should go find it. Um, just, just terrific stuff. Uh, 651-289-4477, 651-289-4477, or follow us on Twitter using the hashtag poundkbrs or uh, my Twitter handle, at Banyan Show. I'm not calling it X. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mr. Musk, okay? I've got, I've got 13 years of habit to overcome. I'm just not doing that. Uh, that's just not going to happen here. Uh, but at Banyan Show on Twitter slash X, maybe maybe I could get that far, uh, but uh, definitely uh, come in, come in and list and be part of that family. Thanks to Art in uh, Corona for uh, participating today, uh, and uh, join join us, would you? It's it's a lot of fun. Um, it's a lot of fun to have the conversations, particularly particularly finding about finding out about not only 
uh, Kopi Luwak, but Licking Toads. Mm. Don, thank you so much for that image. I'll have to work some time to get that out of my head. Uh, let's get back to let's get back to uh, to to what's likely to happen. Look, there are three reports you're going to get in this coming week that are going to be important because they're they're frankly the last three data points that the Fed is going to really look at to figure out both inflation because I've already mentioned the CPI report is Wednesday morning, and they say they don't look at CPI. But look for CPI, look for like the median CPI and so forth. I, I will be watching that report uh, as it comes out Wednesday morning. My, my, my end of summer vacation doesn't start till later, later Wednesday. Uh, but uh, I'll be watching that report and keeping, keeping an eye out on that. But the other report I'll be watching on Wednesday morning is going to be retail sales. And that, too, is worth your attention. Okay, retail sales. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Thursday will be retail sales. I take that back. Um, okay, so consensus is for a very small increase in retail sales for for August. If that number comes in positive, maybe it influences thoughts at the edge. But I doubt it changes what the Fed does, but it might make the language a little more hawkish because that's going to drive what the third quarter GDP number looks like, as much as anything. The other number that pops in, which should be, I think, on Friday morning, if I remember, yes, Friday morning, I'm looking at my calendar, uh, is the industrial production number. It will come in Friday morning. That's an important number. Retail. We've talked about this, right? There are four variables that you can look at to determine to determine where you are within a business cycle. It comes with some lag, but they are not leading indicators, but we call them coincident indicators, meaning the business cycle tracks with these four series. It is payroll employment, it is retail sales, it is industrial production, and it is personal income. You get employment on the first week, you get you get retail sales and industrial production in the middle of the month, you get personal income toward the end of the month, right? Those four items I track pretty consistently to sort of figure out where are we right now in a business cycle. Interestingly, also, this past week, the New York Fed just released, put back on, after taking down its now cast during the great, during the uh, COVID recession because they felt like it had just stopped being able to give it reliable signals. So it said, let's just stop publishing it for a while. Let's let's reevaluate it and let's come back with a new one. They just released a new one. They are currently forecasting about a two and a quarter percent GDP number for quarter three. That number is going to get updated next Friday. And those updates will contain industrial production and retail sales okay for august they will have an important influence on what that number is going to be so we no longer have to just rely on the atlanta fed which continued to publish it it's it's running at a at a level around four to five percent frankly nobody nobody else is coming toward their view and i would be fairly surprised if you don't see that atlanta fed gdp now cast move back through four to three and maybe even back to two by the time you get to the end of October when we get our first report 
on Q3 GDP. So that is what's driving some of the, the, the discussion that Waller's participating in. Along with that, we had Rick Mishkin, who was on uh, Bloomberg uh, recently. Frederick Mishkin, uh, among other things, I may have mentioned this before, wrote a textbook in money and banking that I probably used for about 20 years. Kept Didn't use the same edition, right? He keeps updating it. I think for about 20 years, I used Mishkin's uh, money and banking book to teach a group of students. In fact, most of the most of the local bankers who had me for money and banking um, took their money and banking out of Michigan's text. Um, I think he's a pretty, he's, he's a fun guy. I've met Rick uh, uh, two, three times. Uh, he's, he's a delightful person to talk to at a conference. Um, a lot of fun. You can hear some of that energy in him here, but he was on the, he was on the board of governors for a while um, in no small part because of his experience in sort of training a whole generation of monetary economists uh, in the basics of money and banking. And he was talking about, about what the Fed's next move is as well. Let's play this. This is cut eight. That I think the Fed is basically in a good place. They, they've uh, they, uh, they've uh, done something that was very important, which is going back a little bit, which is they had these very rapid rises, uh, even with a lot of resistance from the markets and uh, and politicians and so forth. Uh, and that actually convinced people that they were serious about controlling inflation, and that stabilized inflation expectations. And research shows that actually a key driver of, of inflation is inflation expectations. And, and it's important to note that, you know, we don't know. So this is, this is I will fault Rick this much. The thought that, well, they raised, they raised uh, the Fed funds rate, 75 basis points, three meetings in a row, and connecting that to inflation expectations staying stable, I that is the post hoc fallacy, right? We don't we don't agree that just because just because they did it happened that this caused that. Post hoc ergo propter hoc is the Latin. After this, therefore, because of this, that's a fallacy. But it is true. That inflation expectations measured in a variety of ways have been stable. And that's why the rise in real interest rates has been super interesting to us. The rise in real interest, in nominal interest rates, excuse me, and the rise in real interest rates, and the rise in nominal interest rates that has happened has not been because of inflation expectations, but has been because the price of money in inflation-adjusted dollars has gotten higher. People want to receive more of a return on lending money out at five, ten, at five and ten year windows. Just as earlier this year, they had shifted to, if you want me to lend you money over the next two years, I need a five percent return. I need five and a half percent on that money because I think inflation is going to be four percent. Well, we now have people who want almost that same rate. They want four, four and a quarter. On 10-year loans. But when you ask them, what do you think inflation is going to be over that 10-year period, their answers come in at like 23 to 2.5%. So they're asking for a 2% real return. That, by the way, is extreme. That is a number that we haven't seen for quite a long time, for about 40 years. That's pretty important. 
We're going to play more of, uh, uh, of former Governor Michigan uh, after these messages. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz, 1440. 17 national championships. 37 conference titles. There is nothing like being a bison. Inside 10. What a move. Cutting to the end zone. Touchdown. Be part of the bison journey all season long right here on your home for bison football. The University of Maine Black Bears are in town to take on your NDSU Bison this Saturday. Join us for the pregame at 1.30, kickoff at 2.30 p.m. on The Biz 1440. Looking for a new way to give back to your community, learn new skills, and make a real difference? Consider volunteering with your local fire department. The majority of U.S. firefighters and emergency responders are volunteers, answering the call when their community needs them. Be part of a dedicated team of volunteers who step up and protect their community from all types of hazards. You can be the difference. There's no typical firefighter. Anyone can volunteer to serve their community. Volunteering as a first responder is really about having the heart and drive to make a difference where it's needed most. Aside from helping your community and being there for those in need, being a member of the Volunteer Fire Service provides many benefits, including an opportunity to learn new skills and join a family that will serve with you, always have your back, and train you to be the best version of yourself. Your community needs you. Will you answer the call? Learn more and find a local volunteer opportunity at makemeafirefighter.org. That's makemeafirefighter.org. What is your healing power? Maybe your healing power is helping veterans with PTSD, traumatic brain injuries, depression, anxiety, or loneliness. Is your healing power a simple heartfelt letter or being a volunteer? It is estimated that over a half a million current warfighters will return from service diagnosed with PTSD, and 22 veterans will commit suicide every day. Our veterans have paid the ultimate sacrifice for our country. At HealVets.org, you can find out more about the healing power of pen pals, volunteers, therapy kits, and more. Discover your healing power at HealVets.org. Help Heal Veterans, together with you, has been helping one recovering veteran at a time. We are helping veterans heal together. What is your healing power? To find out about your power, visit HealVets.org. This PSA is sponsored by Help Heal Veterans. More than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio each month for news, weather, and emergency information. A new bill in Congress would make sure AM radio remains in cars. Because when cell and internet services are down, this free service could be your only lifeline. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress to support the AM Radio for Every Vehicle Act. Message and data rates may apply. You may receive up to four messages a month, and you may text stop to stop. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Welcome back, King Dane Show, the Biz 1440. I'm learning new things on Twitter. I'm not going to even talk about it. It's just... Y'all are weird! I'm just saying. <laughs> My goodness. 
Uh, 651-289-4477. We will be accepting no calls about toads. Uh, none whatsoever. None whatsoever. Um, Frederick Mishkin, uh, former governor of the Federal Reserve, was on Bloomberg again, uh, yet, uh, again on Friday and talking about the – I take that back, not Friday, Wednesday. And he was talking about some of the news that came in and just sort of said, look, the Fed maybe waited a little too long to raise rates, but then turned around and tried to correct its mistake and managed to keep inflation expectations in check, inflation expectations being in check is a big benefit to them, right? Yes, it's true. However, that now means that if they have done so, if they've done so, that then also means that the Federal Reserve, that the interest rates we're seeing, particularly on longer Treasury securities, imply higher real interest rates. Let me play a little more. This is Michigan again on, uh, on Wednesday on Bloomberg. This is cut nine. On the other hand, I actually lean to the view that uh, they're probably going to have to raise rates more. But given the fact that uh, there's been good progress, that the data has been pretty good, that they've actually did their job to convince people they're serious, and they're continuing to do that by actually emphasizing that they're not going to lower rates uh, for quite a long time, even if they stop uh, raising rates, all of that says that they can wait. And and I do think they're going to wait this this particular meeting. I think I th- I think Rick's right about that. I I what I what I'm I mean I'm cur- but I'm curious about thinking about what that means to have a real rate go this high. Maybe he talks a little bit more about this. Let's play cut ten. Yeah, I should just to say I agree with you. I actually think it's unlikely that they're going to get away without uh, uh, having a, a, some kind of downturn. Probably not that severe. Uh, on the other hand, and, and they have actually indicated that they will keep fighting inflation even if a recession occurs. But on the other hand, you don't have to, to drive it into recession. If there's a possibility that you can do it without, fantastic. Right. And I think that's what everyone's waiting. I, I, I had someone stop me somewhere. I'm trying to remember who did it and where. But someone's – oh, it was like one, one of my, one of my uh, fellow uh, administrators here at uh, SCSU's – Asked me, what is this word? And, and he couldn't remember exactly the word, so he's looking on his phone, looking on his phone, and finally says, oh, yeah, here it is. Hyper-disinflation. And I, and I said, I don't know. I don't know that I've ever heard that word. Hyper-disinflation. I'm like, so we know what hyperinflation is. And I, and I said, and we could define hyper-deflation, which is a world you never want to be in with rapidly declining prices. Which would be which would be pretty a pretty dark place for an economy. But hyper disinflation? What does that mean? Right? So I went and, and Googled around for it a little bit. And apparently it's it comes from a graph that I actually tweeted to you at one time and I'll see if I can't find I'll see if I can find and, and, and repost it. But there was a graphic that I saw which showed basically the the uh, uh, it's a dot, it's a dot plot over time with inflation on one axis and unemployment on the other axis. Okay, and those of you that have paid attention to this thing know that when you put those two things on the axis and you're showing downward sloping curves, what you're showing is what you're showing is uh, supposed to be called a Phillips curve. It's not. Okay. Don't reason, you can't reason from the dot plot that there's some stable relationship between inflation and unemployment. 
Okay, so that goes back to something that one of my listeners always says, the Phillips curve is dead. Yeah, it is. But people will still put those graphs up. But if you do that right now, what do you see? You see inflation coming down while unemployment is in this channel between 3.4 and 3.8, right? And so it almost looks like you're doing a straight downward line, right, coming down from from that point because we had unemployment ri- unemployment falling and inflation rising because of demand shocks. So if a supply curve stays constant and you have demand sh- and you have demand shifting, you could in fact get a graph that looks like that. But you don't know that. You have to sort of impose a belief that supply didn't change between 21, 22 and 23. Of course, I that's nonsense. Right? Supply certainly shifted during that time. Think of think of what we were talking about in terms of of, of people going into uh, the trouble getting people uh, uh, goods out of ports, uh, supply chain disruptions, and reshoring, nearshoring, friendshoring uh, of uh, supply chains. All of that means the supply side did move at that time. And so as this line comes straight down now, it's sort of this belief that the Fed has this magical power to reduce inflation without making unemployment go up. And so if unemployment goes up, that means that the Fed did too much and it needs to stop. It'll be interesting to hear the pushback against this hyper-disinflation number or story that's being told this week. And it was really interesting. I, have, I This guy, the guy that told me this story has... is. He's a he's a university administrator, but most of his family have their own businesses. So he talks to a lot of business people. In fact, I think he's got a side business somewhere. He owns a couple stores in various parts of Minnesota. But anyway, I I thought this was I I, I didn't know where that word had come from, and I'm looking at him like, what is that word? I don't even know what that word is. But apparently, that's the, that's a that's a story they're telling right now, and I don't necessarily believe it's true. Do I think that it, then that do I think therefore that there's still going to be a recession? I agree with Michigan on this point, right? I still think it's more likely than not that you get a recession. I now think it's more likely fourth quarter than third, simply because I'm running out of runway for a recession to start in, in Q3. It's pretty clear that it's it's clear as a bell to me that it didn't start in July. I don't know that it started in I don't think it started in August. I have a new quarterly business report coming out in a few weeks for Central Minnesota that will look at the, look at those questions, uh, and so I will update my views as I finish that report. I started it yesterday, but it's possible. Is it possible that you can come straight down? Yes, it is. And you know what? It's not a statement that the Phillips curve exists. In fact, if anything, it's a statement that the Phillips curve doesn't exist. Phillips curve would not say you go straight down in inflation without a change in unemployment. But it is risky. I mean, I mean, I'm asked to say when's the recession coming, when's the recession coming, particularly for my local region because there's no one out there that's that else, else that's doing it. But it's really risky. I I really empathize with comment made uh, David Rubenstein who's the CEO of Goldman Sachs has a show on Bloomberg, which I, the, the David Rubenstein show, I recommend it. He has lots of, he had Jeremy Grantham on for a long form interview. Fascinating. I don't have any of that, but Rubenstein himself was on, uh, 
on uh, Bloomberg, Bloomberg's uh, morning show uh, on uh, Thursday, and he had this to offer. This is cut seven. I think the biggest concern that I would have is that uh, we're not quite past the point where we know there's not going to be a recession. Uh, I don't think we will have a recession, but nobody knows for certain. You don't know it until you get into it. Right now, the conventional wisdom in Washington is that we've gone past the likelihood of a recession. And there are some people like Jeremy Grantham who thinks that we, we may have a recession, but it may be next year, not this year. As you know, what, there was a prediction of a hard landing, maybe by this, the end of this year. But now most people would say probably not going to have a hard landing by the end of this year. But as the next year, that's when Jeremy Grantham thinks there will be a recession, sometimes next year. And again, predicting recessions is a fool's errand. It's very difficult to do. Well, I take up that fool's errand every three months. (laughs) I just do. Um, It it is hard. I mean, is it a fool's errand? Yeah, if you want to make sure you're always right, if 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 you need to be right all the time, because perhaps, perhaps because you're investing. Right. Then I would say, yeah. Yeah. If you're investing, you want to be right all the time. I tell I tell you and I will tell you again. You would be you should take everything that I tell you into your into your view and 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 evaluate it versus all the other people that are that do things here on the biz 1440 and whatever other financial sources there are. I don't pretend to be more right than anybody else. I, I hope I'm not more wrong than anybody else. What I do hope is that that what I'm offering you is a way to think about the economy, just as I tried to do in the last hour, where I tried to give you a feel for for what happens to prices for gasoline when you get these local shocks versus these international shocks. It's why they look different. Local shock big dispersion in price uh international shock prices all move together as if they're all making up the prices in a room together they're not really but it's almost like implicit collusion but they're all responding to the same impulse uh when i'm doing when i'm doing recession forecasts i'm saying i think it's more likely than not that a recession is coming i think I thought it would be here by by about now. I'm probably going to be off a few, be off, but I don't think I'm wrong. I just think I I, I think I'm early. And, you know, on on the one hand, you, you you hear a hard landing, you hear a soft landing. I appreciate Dean just texting at a, using a tweeting at us uh, at, uh, at on X that uh, the reason I'm skeptical about a soft landing is that I think there needs to be a culling before there's a recovery. I think you can get a soft... I think you can get recessions that don't involve a lot of culling. Right? But if you want an economy to grow, that culling is kind of necessary, right? Because economies grow when capital and labor are released from low-value production and move to higher-value production. It is painful... It causes hardship when it happens for a time. But in the end, you end up with, with a faster-growing economy. And I, so I agree, Dean, about the idea that you're going to get that, that good recessions have, have colleague, they have a reallocation. Um, they, they wash out low-production industries and, 
and look and inefficient producers that should all be true but i my only caution is not every recession actually leads to that in into it to a significant extent and i would argue in fact because we sort of stomped on the impact of the of the uh, great financial crisis we probably didn't see as much culling as we could have seen in 2008 and the three stimulus bills in 2020 and 2021 certainly stopped any culling happening because of covid but then did you really want culling during covid maybe not but are there imbalances in the economy that you would like to see culled this time yeah most likely i would i would agree on that point We'll be back right after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz, 1440. Take your investment knowledge to new heights this year on the 2023 Eagle Financial Publications Cruise. Join us along with The Money Show on a luxury voyage to the Caribbean and learn from top financial experts like George Gilder and Mark Skelson through workshops and seminars. Relax and refresh, all while discussing investment strategies with like-minded individuals. Secure your spot today at EagleFinancialCruise.com. That's EagleFinancialCruise.com. Eagle Financial is a division of Salem Media Group. Are you or a loved one struggling with drug or alcohol use? Maybe you're not sure if it's addiction or if treatment's needed. If so, you're not alone. According to the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, 19.3 million people aged 18 or older had a substance use disorder in the past year. Hazelden Betty Ford offers a free confidential assessment. Inpatient, outpatient, and virtual options are available. It's time to take back your life. Hazelden Betty Ford can help. This message sponsored by Hazelden Betty Ford, the Minnesota Broadcasters Association, and the state. How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest. Rate Genius can help you reduce your car payments by reducing your interest rate to as low as 2.48% APR. We can refinance most existing car loans or leased cars, new or used, and save you money every month. Put more money back in your pocket. The call is free to find out how low we can lower your car payment. Five minutes of your time right now could save you hundreds of dollars a year. Call Rate Genius now. 800-764-2179. 800-764-2179. That's 800-764-2179. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on creditworthiness, value of the vehicle, loan term, and other factors. When should you start collecting your Social Security? How you answer this question will be the difference in the success or failure of your retirement. Tune in to Money Matters with Alan Mike this week. They'll be sharing Social Security tips from the basics of the program to strategies to maximize your payments. Alan Mike will help you sort out this important but often misunderstood part of your retirement income plan. Listen to Money Matters with Alan Mike, 2 p.m. Sunday on the Biz 1440, or call them at 855 231 6010. Awake at night with constant pain? Looking for a lasting, natural solution not involving surgery or painkillers? Experience healing and restoration with Genovation's Regen. Search G-E-N-O-V-A-T-I-O-N-S Regen. Salmon fishing in Alaska at an amusement park in Green Bay. 
or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Listen to The Biz 1440 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, The Biz 1440. Thank you for listening today. Um, again, just to remind you, I, we'll be best of next week. We'll be back in two weeks on um, on the 23rd uh, with uh, a Fed Saturday. We'll have an FOMC meeting on the 19th and 20th. And so we'll review all that and all the data that comes in, CPI, retail sales, industrial production. It'll be a busy show here two weeks from now on The King Banyan Show. Thank you so much. Um, I wanted to get to uh, playing, uh, talking a little bit about Europe. Okay, I mentioned during the last hour that the Bank of Canada held held steady on um, held steady on its uh, its funds rate, its uh, benchmark rate uh, uh, earlier this week. I watched a testimony that Andrew Bailey, the Bank of England chair, who is hard to listen. To. I'm sorry. I I wanted to play some of this. He gave uh, he gave testimony to a uh, to a parliamentary committee uh, on Wednesday. I watched the whole thing that evening and decided I just can't subject my listeners to it, so I won't. But basically, saying they think they've got inflation under control. They at least they they kind of think so, but we'll um, we'll we'll see about that. Uh, We'll see about that. But what's coming up right now is the European Central Bank. They have a policy meeting next uh, n- next year, uh, uh, next week. Excuse me. They have they have a po- they have a uh, policy meeting next week, and they have a really hard set of decisions to make. We just simply don't know what's going on in Germany. Can't tell if they're in a recession or not. I think, I think they are. Um, and yeah, and and you have a difference in inflation experiences where, where France is running inflation rates. The French CPI is going up at maybe five and a half to six percent, but Spain's is going up at half that rate. So it's kind of hard for them to think about what's going, what's going to happen here. So I'm going to try to pronounce a name. I should have gotten a better feel for for how this is pronounced. Her her name is uh, Shri Kochugovdan. I'm just faking it. Uh, she's with uh, Aberdeen Strategies uh, out of Scotland. She was on uh, Bloomberg's uh, Europe, Europe show uh, overnight on uh, Thursday night, giving this uh, giving a view of what she thinks is going to happen with the ECB next week this is cut five please they've got a quite a dilemma on their hands so first of all if you look at the activity data it's already been deteriorating and probably quite quicker than they were expecting if you look at the pmi surveys they've been they're already looking at contraction for manufacturing and services so there's poor very poor um growth outlook there as you've already mentioned um, but on the other hand if you look at the labor market still very tight wage growth wage pressures there um, and if you break down the inflation uh, components, yes, we're seeing some deceleration across poor goods prices, 
the core services, I think it's going to take some time to really decelerate. So there's a real dilemma there for the ECB. And we can see that in some of the communication that we've had uh, recently. And, and, and that, and so there's a, there's a, so they're caught, they have a, they have a recession incipient on their hands and they have high inflation, right? And so this led Mohamed al uh, uh from Allianz, uh, also on Bloomberg a little bit later, uh, to say, to say this, let's play cut six. John, I mean, for me, there were three big surprises in the first eight months of the year. Two positive, one negative. The negative we know is China. The positive we know is the U.S., but also Europe was better than many expected. Going forward, China doesn't recover. Europe doesn't maintain a positive surprise. It's all about the U.S. when it comes to global growth. And that's, the, that, that's why I, I – here's the question that you have to have. Can the U.S. continue to grow when both Europe and China are not? They both seem to have hit walls. And if you think it continue to grow, then you bet on their, then you bet on saying, yeah, I guess the recession isn't going to happen because, hey, look at unemployment. Hey, inflation's coming down. Hey, look at, look at retail sales, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But then you look around the rest of the world and you say, well, how are, you know, how are we supposed to be not just the cleanest dirty shirt in the laundry, but a shirt you're willing to wear to the wedding. I don't think you can be. I don't think you can be. But I'm waiting for more information. I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for my uh, business leaders here in the community to give me their data. I'm ready to collect a little more local information to sort of figure out what's happening here. Because I really do think, I mean, the reason I forecast St. Cloud is I think St. Cloud's a pretty good bellwether for what happens in the rest of the country. We have a night. We have a little more manufacturing in other places, but otherwise, it's a pretty good little sample we have right here in Central Minnesota to talk about what's happening. And I'm going to be talking about that with you in a couple of weeks when I when I get to visit with you again. I want to thank you, uh, Spencer, for the work down there. Thanks particularly for grabbing that. Gave I gave him a YouTube click like a minute to go, and this is after scaring the daylights out of him by showing up 20 minutes late to do the show today. But uh, I wish you guys a, a good couple of weeks, and we'll talk to you in two weeks here on the King Banyan Show on the fourteen forty. When should you start collecting your Social Security? How you answer this question will be the difference in the success or failure of your retirement. Tune in to Money Matters with Alan Mike this week. They'll be sharing Social Security tips from the basics of the program to strategies to maximize your payments. Alan Mike will help you sort out this important but often misunderstood part of your retirement income plan. Listen to Money Matters with Alan Mike, 2 p.m. Sunday on the Biz 1440, or call them at 855-231-6010. More than 80 million Americans count on AM radio stations like this one for news, important weather updates, and the opportunity to discuss and debate important issues facing our country. But some people want to remove AM radio from new cars being manufactured, and we can't let that happen. The Senate Commerce Committee has approved the AM Radio for Every Vehicle Act, Senate Bill 1669, and moved it on for a vote in the full Senate. It also faces action in the U.S. House. Your U.S. Senator and your representative in Congress are in your home state during the annual congressional recess this August. When you see your senator or congressman visiting your community, please tell them that you want their support to keep AM radio strong, vibrant, and available to you in your car. This is your opportunity to stand up and be heard, or you can text AM to 52886. That's AM to 52886 to tell Congress to support AM radio. This is important. Text AM 
to 52886. That's AM to 52886. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much from the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night and every moment in between, it really is so special and boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think a parent's job is to protect our children but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Wally Langfellow and Eric Nelson from Minnesota Score Radio's 10,000 Takes, talking about Minnesota's 10,000 losing teams. Wild Wolves, Gophers, Twins, Vikings, you name it, we'll cover it. Will any team step up and give Minnesota's long-suffering fans something to cheer about? If they do, we'll tell you about it on 10,000 Takes. 10,000 Takes, weeknights at 5, here on the Fizz 1440, Twin Cities Business Radio. Come and grab. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.